Hello, sanctuary friends and fam. Thank you so much for joining us here today. There is no tribe on earth I would rather do life with than you. I'm so grateful that God has brought us together. So I just told you something I love a whole lot. That's you. I'm going to start by telling you something I hate a lot. Don't you just hate it when your dreams get crushed, when your dreams get squashed like a grape? Anybody else? I know I absolutely hate that. And I'm going to open here with a little, with a little moment of transparency with you all here today. So I was having a bit of... Um, uh, just a rough day a couple weeks ago, and my sweet hubby came into the room. He knew I was having a moment, and he asked if I was okay. I was so very pitiful in that moment, and I asked him a very sincere question. I said, honey, can we get frozen yogurt? <laughs> So we dropped everything and ran out to the car to get there before they closed. We got there and got in line, socially distanced, of course, with mask on. And then when it was our turn to go through the line, my heart sank a little bit. You may know I have some food allergies, and that really restricts a lot of options for me. But this location, it usually has at least one sole flavor I can eat, even if it's not my favorite. I don't care. I don't mind. They have, they have something that I can usually eat until that dreaded night. So I got my cup and walked up, so excited, so happy. And then I began to frantically scan the options, only to realize that I had been left out in the cold. Well, actually, I guess I'd been left out in the heat since it's Texas in August, only to realize there was no frozen yogurt in my future that night. I even politely asked, excuse me, do you have anything else in the back for me? No, ma'am. I'm sorry, we don't, was the reply I received. My poor family, they even offered to leave that yogurt shop empty-handed since I couldn't get anything. And I said, no, 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 enjoy your froyo. And I found some grocery store fake ice cream that was not so fabulous. <laughs> I went to bed that night thinking about that soft and creamy, cool and refreshing missed opportunity. And now, whenever we drive by that place, I don't even get my hopes up anymore. I mean, why bother even walking in that place only to get my hopes and dreams dashed against the rocks again? Now, isn't it like that with us for most things in life? We get disappointed. We get frustrated. We even get disillusioned. And it eventually becomes so very easy for us to give up to stop believing, to stop hoping, to stop dreaming. Let's be real. COVID has taken it out of us, right? For, for so many of us, COVID has beaten us down in such a way that we can't even think about dreaming. We're just surviving. We're just trying to get through all of this and keep our heads above water and just keep going. And I tell you, I hear you. I feel you. I really 
really do. But I want you to know that God has brought me here today with a message of hope for you. God wants somebody to know that your very best days, they are before you. They lie ahead of you. No matter what valleys, no matter what struggles you didn't think you could come through, he is calling you today to find refuge and strengthen him. Do you believe that? Come on, somebody. Do you really believe that? Why don't we thank him for that right now? God, we thank you for your goodness and your promises. Amen, amen, amen. There are so many lies that we believe. And these lies keep us trapped. They keep us unfulfilled. They keep us far from living the abundant life that Jesus Christ has promised us. But today, today, my friends, God wants to deliver you from those lies so that you can walk in his freedom to fulfill his calling, his purpose, his dream in your life. And here's, here's what I'll throw out here as well. If you are going to dream, you might as well bring God the biggest dream you've got. I'll say that again. If you're going to dream, you might as well bring God the biggest dream you have because that's the kind of dream through which God receives the glory. You know, maybe God hasn't done it for you yet. That thing that you keep praying for, that thing that you keep hoping for, that dream that has been before you day and night, night and day. But you need to keep dreaming, keep believing, keep standing firm on those promises. We need to dream big. And so I'd like to share one of my favorite verses with you today. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let's keep reading verses 12 and 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'm calling you today, dream big. In this passage, God is giving hope to his people, to his people who are lost and wayward and they feel so very hopeless. They're living in despair. They're living in captivity in Babylon. Life as they knew it had ended. And they became slaves to a very wicked group of people. But the Lord wanted them to know he had not forgotten them. Somebody here today feels like God has forgotten you. You are bound by your situation, captive to your fears and unbelief. But I want you to know God has not forgotten you. He has a plan for you. Why don't you type that in the comments? He has a plan for me. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, he has a plan for me. I tell you, I'm just going to keep preaching until you get some faith today. I'm going to keep preaching until the spirit of the Lord falls on you and you can lift your head up to him and receive all he has for you today. You see, the Lord Almighty, he has a hope for your future and he is here today to stir up those dreams in your heart, to give you a vision of all he has for you. I wonder if somebody here today, if anybody wants to grab hold of that with me and receive all God has for you. I wonder if there's anybody who is tired 
of being sick and tired. If there's anybody who's tired of feeling defeated, and if there's somebody who wants to open their hearts up to receive the dreams that God has for them. Why don't you just lift your hands to him right now? God, we receive everything you have for us. We receive everything you have for us in Jesus' name. This passage, it's one of my favorite in all of scripture because it reminds me of the steadfast love and devotion of my God. It reminds me of his commitment to his covenant with his people. It reminds me that he is a God of second and third chances, of fourth and fifth chances, of 3,875th chances. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Does anybody know that to be true? Aren't you grateful that you don't run out of chances with your God? And here's something that should give you even more hope. With new chances come new dreams, new opportunities for God to transform us for his glory. So let's talk today about his plans our dreams, and his kingdom. What is a dream? That's a really good question. Charlie Hedges says, a dream is not something you wake up from, but something that wakes you up. You know, it's been said of sin. Maybe you've heard it this way before. Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. But a dream, a dream is so very different. A dream takes you farther than you ever imagined you could go. A dream keeps you focused on kingdom and eternity when you want to walk away. A dream pays a far greater return than anything it could have ever cost you. And you see, when God gives you a dream, I'm telling you today, there is nothing, there is nothing more powerful in your life. You need to fight for it. You need to fight for that dream like your life depends on it. You need to wake up in the morning with a prayer in your heart over that dream. And the last thing you need to think about before you fall asleep needs to be that dream. I've got to invest in the dream. I've got to give myself over to the dream that God has for me. I must envision the dream from God and keep moving forward in the face of opposition. You see, God is calling you to have eyes of faith. And here's something that I've learned in this process. If a dream is big enough to give glory to God, it's probably going to be beyond your ability or my ability to make it happen. Here's another way to say it. If a dream is a dream from God, it's probably going to scare you to death. If a dream comes from God, there's no way you can accomplish it on your own. It's going to require a risk. It's going to require you to step out in faith. You see, God gave the dream to you and to nobody else. And it may look like an, an impossibility to everybody else. It may look like it to you. That's the whole point, right? Most people judge by appearances, but we must judge by God's promises. I'm going to say that one more time. People judge by appearances, but we must judge by God's promises. You see, most often we can't see the seed that's been planted in the ground, but it's there. 
And it will come to pass if we stay committed to the dream. You know, I think back, it feels like way back now to my time in seminary. And um, I, I made so many great lifelong friends, relationships in that time that I was there. Um, I can even think even back further than that. I think back to my undergraduate um, when I was in Bible college. And there were people who were there, you know, we're 18, 19, uh, just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and so excited to do great things for God. So many people with amazing gifts and talents. And they were 18, 19, 20 years old, but you could see, man, they're going to do something great for God. They're going to accomplish great things for God. But you know what? Today, some of those people who, who had the brightest lights, they're not shining for Jesus right now. Their lights burned out too soon. And some of the people who were least likely to succeed, you know, you could look around and you didn't really think that, well, you know, they're, they're nice people, but you, you, didn't, you couldn't really see them doing great things for God. Some of those people are absolutely thriving in God's kingdom today. And why is that? Why is that? Because we see the surface, but God sees the heart. We see here and now, but God sees the end from the beginning. Who would have dreamed that David could have killed Goliath? That Gideon's depleted army, army would have destroyed the Midianites? Who could have dreamed that? Or imagine that Esther, an orphan refugee, would become queen of the land, of a foreign land at that, and save her people. Who could think that Saul, hiding among the baggage, would become the bold king of Israel? Now, Saul, King Saul, is also a cautionary tale for us about dreams, about how a dream can take somebody from humility to haughtiness. Once, his, once the dream that God had in his life came to pass, he got the big head, and it led to his demise. As my grandma would say, don't get the big head. <laughs> don't let that dream go to your head, and don't let it destroy you. What about that other Saul, the murderer of of Christians. Who could have imagined that he would be transformed in an instant into Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles? Not even the apostles who were walking in this time that his conversion happened believed it. They thought he was just tricking them to try to kill them. Why? Because we see the surface, but God knows the end from the beginning and he knows the heart. You see, these people, they give me hope because they didn't look like the ones that God should be using. Sometimes I don't look like the one who God should use. Sometimes I tell him, Lord, do you really think? I mean, Lord, you see, you see my struggles and Lord, you see I'm tired and I'm weary. And I mean, did you, did you choose the right person? Does anybody else have those conversations with God? Sometimes when I look in the mirror, I don't understand. Why does he want to use me? Why does he want to work through me to fulfill something in his kingdom? I don't have it all together. I mean, I really don't. You know, um, speaking of supposed to have it all together, right? Um, I'm reminded of a time several years ago when I was speaking at a conference, and I was up late the night before because... Well, you know, family, laundry, stuff. And then my sweet son woke up. He was little. It was about 4 a.m., and he came to our bedroom because the battery and the smoke alarm near his room, in the foyer right near his room, died at 4 a.m. Of course, 
It couldn't have happened at 4 p.m. It had to happen at 4 a.m. on a night that I'd already stayed up much later than I should have. Then none of us could go back to sleep except for my husband. (laughs) Also, of course, (laughs) I mean, those annoying buzzers could wake the dead, right? So at 5.15 a.m., I nudged my poor husband and said, hey, I'm so sorry, babe. Can you please get up and change that battery? Um, The only problem was I didn't realize it then, but that smoke alarm, it was the smoke alarm that was up about 20 feet in our foyer, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but we don't have a 20-foot ladder just hanging around our house. So we got the tallest ladder that we had, which was obviously too short, and then my husband had a you know, what he deemed to be a fabulous idea. And at first I thought, okay, this, this might be okay. Um, so he took the ladder and he put it up on the stairs. It, it was on the landing. So he felt like that would be a little bit safe. Um, the ladder was angled. So he was stretching like, like this way. He's standing on the ladder, on the landing, stretching with all of his might to reach the smoke detector, and I'm holding the ladder, and I'm praying. By this, folks, by this time, folks, I am fully interceding, and I'm just saying, Hun- "Honey, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea." You know what? Let's, let's just—it's it's okay. It's good. It's all good. But no, he—he he was committed to taking care of us in that moment. And then Jude comes around the corner, and he shouts, "Lord Jesus, my daddy's gonna die! I can't watch it!" Now, that that child's always had a flair for drama. My husband is stretching his arms out. I'm holding this wobbly ladder at the beginning. By this time, I have travailed. I have touched heaven. I've probably called every one of your names out before the Lord. I've begged him to come down and not die. And finally, my husband relented and gave up on the smoke detector. So by this point, there's a lot of adrenaline pumping. And I mean, hey, you know, by now it's practically time to get up. So I, I, I just, there was no hope of sleep. I'm sleep deprived. Um, the beeping was not going to stop. So I just, I just started getting ready. You know, I tried, tried to have my prayer time, um, with the beeping, ignore that. Eventually I got it together, made it out the door, ready to leave, got in my car, got in the car and I, I was not driving. I'm, I'm riding my sweet, precious husband, driving me where I needed to go. Tried to gather my thoughts for the service. And I pulled out um, an essential oil roller for my throat. And so I'm just looking over my sermon notes and I start rubbing that on. And it was given to me by the sweet Janice Fye, who always takes such good care of me. And so I applied the oils to my neck and it just felt so good to my throat. And and it was a great thing. And I continued to read over my sermon. And it wasn't too long after that. I'm just, you know, I'm absorbed in what I'm doing that my eyes started itching. You know, it's allergy season, and so they started itching. And just as a reflex, I just reached up, and I started rubbing them. Well, you, you know this story. Uh, you, you know it doesn't end well. And so, of course, I hadn't washed my hands, but I'd rubbed all of this menthol oil all over my neck, and now I had rubbed it all into my 
eyes. And well, 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 the good thing is I was no longer sleepy. I can guarantee you that. Y'all, I was a mess. I came rolling in that place. The people probably thought I had been up all night praying for them. I mean, I showed up with bloodshot, puffy eyes. I mean, I, they, I'm, I'm sure that's what, what they thought. <laughs> I'm telling you, sometimes you just have to laugh to keep from crying. I mean, because life gets so ridiculous that it's comical. And here's what I hope you're hearing from all of this. Um, normally if you were in here with me, I'd say, look around the room, you know, and, and find somebody you think, oh, they've got it together. So, so I don't know, think of somebody that you know, that you think, wow, that person's, they've just got it together. You know, they don't have the struggles that I have. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I hope that you already know. It doesn't matter how good anybody looks on the outside. We all still have struggles. We all still have fears. It's difficult for each one of us to step out in faith and do what God calls us to do. Nobody is as picture perfect as they seem, and life happens to every one of us. So rather than looking around and wondering, picking people out in the crowd or picking people out in your life and wondering, why, did, why does this person have it easier than me? Or why is my life more difficult? Why is it more challenging? Why don't we reframe that? Why don't we just commit to join together in unity, to stop comparing ourselves, to drop the insecurities, and to receive all that God has for us? Amen? Is there anybody who's willing to say, God, I know I am not perfect, but I am yours, and I surrender that to you? Why don't you pray that prayer right now? God, Thank you that you love me in spite of my imperfections and you still want to move through my life in spite of all the struggles that I possess. Amen, amen, amen. Folks, you might not look like the most likely candidate for God to work with. Neither did that list of people that I just named to you from Scripture. But you know what that means? That just means that God will receive even more glory in your life when he uses you. You might not be there yet, but God is calling you to keep going, to keep dreaming, to keep holding on, to keep believing. Amen? Aren't you grateful for that? I want to read Matthew 13 44. This is called the parable of the hidden treasure. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You know, this treasure, this, this treasure parable, this parable tells us a lot about the kingdom and the work of the kingdom and dreams of the kingdom. You see, the treasure, it's hidden in a field. Kingdom work, kingdom dreams, it requires us to search for it, to dig it out. Kingdom work requires us to be all in. You can't just dabble in it. You can't just say, well, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me for seven minutes today. No, no, no. <laughs> it requires our, a surrender of our hearts. It requires giving everything over to him. It must be the focus of our lives. Why? You got to buy the whole field. 
They're not subdividing this lot and you just get a little piece of it. You got to buy the whole field to get the treasure. If God has given you a dream for his kingdom, you've got to buy the whole field and be all in. Why? Because the kingdom of God, it's made up of dreams. That's what the stuff that, that God calls us to follow is made up of. It's made up of dreams that come from him. That's how God brings his kingdom to us and through us by placing dreams in our hearts. You see, dreams, they will drive us out to the field. You will see God's glory in the field. You're not going to see it in the safe confines of your own home. We're not even going to see it in the safe confines of the four walls of the church building. The dream will cause you, it will call you to step out and to take a risk and to do something you've not done before. Why? Because the treasure is in the field. As long as I stay in the house, I'm never going to know anything about the treasure. As long as I stay where it's safe and closed in and I think I'm secure, I'm not going to know anything about the treasure of God. Why? Because the treasure is in the field. And if we give up too soon, we won't know the treasure that's really there. We've got to be stewards of the dream that God's given to us. We must take that dream seriously because we have been charged to steward that dream. We have been charged to nurture that dream. We have been charged to make sure that comes to pass in our lives. And stewardship means we must make choices. You know, every choice we make, it comes with a consequence. I've heard it said before, you are free to choose, but you are not free to avoid the consequences of your choices, right? Maybe you've heard that. And we know choices come with a cost. So I've got to be a steward of the dream. And part of that is knowing that any dream that's really from God, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me something. I'm talking about the cost of the dream. Now, don't be mistaken. I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is free to us. Now, salvation was not free. It is free to us, but salvation cost Jesus his own life. But I'm talking about the fact that any dream from God will always cost us something. You know, any dream, even in the world that's not from God, if you want something, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to go after it. But if there's a dream that is truly from God, it's going to cost you something. That treasure, it doesn't come free. Now, Jesus, think about this. I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation comes to us for free. But the dream, the partnering with the kingdom of God, that does not come for free. That will always cost you something. Jesus, his treasure, his treasure was you and me. It was the redemption of humanity, and it cost him his life. Our treasure, our treasure is God's dream and calling in my life. That's my treasure, and it's going to cost me my life that I may die daily in him. Second, Second Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 10 tell us, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. He's given us that knowledge, that glory, that beauty right here in our own flesh to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from 
us. Whatever you've got, whatever goodness, whatever shines through you, through me, it's not of us. It's from God. Now, here, here's notice this is together. Listen to this. Sometimes we quote these things uh, not connected, but, but let's keep reading, and I want you to see the encouragement that you get. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Listen, the same way that that goodness and that truth and that dream is in you and can flow from you, you see also that it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. This verse is key for us to understand this. If we want the life of Jesus, we must experience death. Dreams cost. Dreams burn. Dreams ache. Dreams must die in order to come to life. We've got to plan it. We've got to plant it in the field and then watch God raise it back up. You see, his scars... They are the cost of your salvation, but your scars, they are the cost of your dream. That price, sounds, that price tag sounds very expensive. I know it does. I know it does. But I wonder if there's anybody who's ready to buy it. If there's anybody who's ready to sell out everything to the Lord and just say, God, whatever you have of me, you already paid the ultimate price. I just want to give myself to you. I want your dreams to be alive and real in me. Why? Because the treasure is in the field. You just need to sell everything in your heart, in your spirit, all the things that you've held back from from God. You need to give it over to him. The same way that Jesus gave everything for you. The same way. You see, we've got to take ownership of the dream. He's given it to us. But then the hardest thing will be to let it go. See, God may have already given you a dream and it hasn't come to pass yet. And so it would be easy just to give up and say, well, maybe I misheard you. Maybe it was just bad pizza. Maybe I'm just, maybe I just wanted it to happen. And, and then we kind of just pick up our plans, the, the things that are not kingdom minded and just go along our way. No, 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 my friends. It, it requires a, a death to what we think, what we believe, our ways, and it requires surrendering that over to God. And we got to let it go and trust it in his hands, in his timing. You see that very same dream you labored for? It's going to come to pass. And if you trust him with it, you can believe him. You, can, you will see it come to pass. And then you've got, once you've got that dream, you've got to give it back over to him and trust him again. It's not a one-time thing. It's giving it back to him. You've got to trust the fact that the giver of the dream can be trusted with the dream. You've got to hand it over to him and watch him complete the work that he started. You see Joseph's dream? It cost him the love and relationship with his family. Hannah, she prayed and fasted for that son until that dream came. And then she surrendered him right back to God. And Mary, Mary, God chose her destiny and she submitted to that call. But she had to watch her most holy dream die right before her eyes. We've got to take our hands off the dream.
when it comes to us. The dream is given for his glory, not mine. You see, your dream might be right there ready for God to use it to to move through you and bring it to pass. But who's going to receive the glory when it comes? It can't be you. It can't be me. The dream has to come for God's glory, and we've got to surrender it to him. We hear all the time that God works all things for our good, but we've got to trust it. Even when it doesn't feel good right now, we run from the dream so many times because we fear the cost of the dream. We are afraid it may cost us more than we want to give. Or worse yet, what if we give it our all and we fail? Every person under the sound of my voice has had dreams, but then something happened. You know what usually happens in the process of growing up when we're little kids, you know, um, the, it's called make believe, um, playtime. When you're doing that, you, you, you can dream, you can kind of tap into something that we're all wired for, but then we grow up and security and safety take over. <laughs> they take prominence in our lives and they take the, pl- the place of risk and adventure. You know, life has a way of taking the wind out of your sails if you let it. There's so many reasons not to follow the dream. There are so many voices that will drown it out and so many reasons why it doesn't make sense. But I'm here to tell you today, the dream is from God and the treasure is in the field. Our dreams are about his plans, his kingdom. And if you will make God's business your business, he will make your business his business. Come on, somebody. That is a promise that we have. When we put his kingdom and his dreams for us first, he will always take care of us. But you got to get up and go dig up that treasure that is in the field. You see, we fear the cost of the dream. But I tell you, there's something that I fear so much more I fear the cost of not following the dream. I fear having lonely, aching arms that have lived amassing stuff, things for myself, things of no eternal significance. I fear regrets of the worst kind. I fear not what I did, but what I didn't do, of never knowing what God could have done with my life fully surrendered to him. I have, what I fear most is regrets of standing before my Lord and him deeming me to be an unfaithful servant, of having no return on what he's invested in me, of knowing there are people in my life I could have positively influenced for eternity if I had only stepped out in faith, but I didn't. What if God is asking you to dream again? What if those longings and desires were planted in your heart by God himself? Those dreams are for God's glory. And I want to tell you, it is not too late. It is never too late. The world is waiting. The world is waiting for you to stand up and walk into that dream, to step out in what God has called you 
to do. So why don't you do that right now? Why don't you do that right now? We are going to pray together, and I believe God is going to move in such a mighty way. I know you can feel the power of the Spirit right now. I feel it all over this room right now. You can experience a supernatural impartation of calling right there in your living room, right there in your car, wherever you are right now. Some of you are going to receive a fresh dream from God, and some of you will receive the courage to revive a dying or dead dream. If you are willing to sell out completely, to count the cost of the call, I'm inviting you right now. Close your eyes and call on Him right now and dream again. Dream so big that only God can accomplish it. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you more than anything. We want your will more than anything in our lives. God, we are tired of running in the opposite direction. We repent, Lord, for not following your voice. We repent, Lord, for not following your call. We fully surrender to you today, God. We ask for a fresh impartation of your calling in our lives. We ask for faith to receive all you have for us to walk in that calling. Lord, we pledge to you today to live bigger, to risk greater for your kingdom, to love stronger, God, to fall harder in your arms whenever we, whenever we stumble and whenever we struggle. But Lord, to rise up better, to move forward in spite of our fears. And Lord, we promise we promise to pursue you, to pursue the dreams that you have for us today. Hallelujah. And every day forward, thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Lord, thank you. I love you, and I surrender fully to you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't we give him praise? Why don't we give him praise right now and thank him for what he is doing? Why don't we thank him for what he is doing? God has put a dream in your heart. Don't lose it. Why don't you write it down? Why don't you stand on that promise? Why don't you believe it? We're going to worship here a little bit, just for a little bit longer. Why don't you hold on to that? If you surrendered your life to Jesus for the first time today, I want to know about it. Reach out to us and let us know. There's a connect card. It's in the link in the comments. You can click right on that and you can let us know how we can better support you, how we can pray for you. If you'd like to be baptized in the saving name of Jesus, if you'd like to know more about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you'd like to know more about how to take your next step in the kingdom of God, reach out to us. We are here for you. We're going to worship together right now. I want you just to lift your hearts and hands up to him and thank him for his work in your life. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for the dreams that he has given you. Why don't you celebrate him right now? Why don't you celebrate what God is doing in your life and worship him? Let's receive all that he has for us right now in Jesus name.